Good to be here tonight, church family. And what a what an honor and privilege it is to uh, get to stand here and share God's word with you tonight. And so tonight we are going to be looking and talking at, about uh, receiving and giving forgiveness. I think it's something that's so important for us to know. And so we'll be uh, looking in our Bibles. We'll be turning to Genesis chapter 45. So let's start with a uh, word of prayer. Now, Lord, as we have turned our hearts towards you in worship, we ask that you would minister to us through our time in your word. Speak into our lives as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the majority of uh, what I do here at the church is counseling and discipleship. That means I hear what is really going on in people's lives and a lot about struggles that they're having in their lives. You know that everybody who stands up here and teaches the word at Calvary Vista will tell you that developing your relationship with the Lord through reading God's word consistently and through prayer is critical and vitally important to our spiritual growth. And even our children's ministry in their office, you'll see a sign that says, read your Bible and pray every single day. You'll grow, grow, grow. Amen? Isn't that true? You know, we need to be people of the word and people of prayer, right? And it says, but when I talk to people who are struggling in their relationship with God, people who aren't finding victory in their trials, I find that they're not doing that, that they're not in the word, that they're not in prayer, not consistently. And one thing that seems to keep them from doing that is their view of forgiveness. They have a wrong view of God's forgiveness toward them and a wrong view of the forgiveness they are to extend. Some of us don't feel forgiven for our sins, and some of us won't forgive others for their sins against us. Both of these things can hold us back from the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. I was recently studying in Genesis, that's why I asked you to turn there, and was looking at the life of Joseph, what an interesting life Joseph had. And, and as I was looking at Joseph's life, it seems like such an unusual path to get him to where the Lord needed him to be. So first, let me give you a little background to bring you to where we want to look at tonight. Basically, Joseph's life is a story about how the Lord created a nation out of a troubled family. His father Jacob's family was filled with jealousy. Jacob's wives were jealous of each other. Rachel was jealous of Leah's children. And Leah was jealous of how much Jacob loved Rachel. And Leah's sons had that same streak of jealousy, for they were so jealous of Joseph that they actually sold him as a slave. 
And then, not only did they sell him out of his life, but they were actually planning to kill him. But luckily, one of his brothers spoke up and said, I don't think we should kill Joseph. And so they sold him as a slave. They were a family divided by jealousy and sin. If, we, if I were God, I, I wouldn't have picked that family. <laughs> you know, I think I would have looked for a family with less drama, right? But the truth is, most families are full of drama. Am I right? <laughs> you know, my, my family's full of drama. <laughs> my, my five-year-old granddaughter is drama queen. <laughs> You know, you can read it all for yourself, but in the end, God reunited this family. Joseph goes from slave to second in command of the nation of Egypt. When his brothers came to Egypt to get help because of a famine, they didn't recognize their brother, Joseph. Joseph not only doesn't punish them for what they did to him, but He blesses them amazingly. And once his younger brother is brought to Egypt, he reveals who he is and does what might seem impossible. Or at least it seemed pretty impossible to me when I read this story is he forgives them, his brothers that sold him as slave. You know, but there was a family reunion and God's chosen people grow into a great nation that worships God. It is because he forgave his brothers and they accepted his forgiveness that there was reconciliation. In Genesis 45.3, Joseph's brothers were about to get the big reveal. So let's read, if you would, We're going to start in verse 3 of chapter 45 of Genesis, and it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Let's stop there. So here's Joseph's chance to get even with his evil brothers, right? He's in charge and they're standing before him, and, but he doesn't take that road. Despite all the family drama in the past, all the things that had happened to him since he got to Egypt, we never see Joseph becoming bitter. You know, if we go back, you don't have to turn there, but if we go back to chapter 39 of Genesis, when he gets to Egypt, it says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And that his master saw that the Lord was with him and made all he did prosper. The Lord was obviously evident in Joseph's life. The Lord was with Joseph. 
But Joseph was also with the Lord. After all that happened to him, he could have chosen to turn his back on God, grow bitter or hard. Instead, he stayed close to God, and God used him and preserved his people. Not only does he forgive his brothers and not give them what they deserve, but look again at what he tells them there in verse 5, because this is what really struck me when I looked at this. He says, but now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. He encourages his brothers to accept his forgiveness by letting themselves off the hook. You know, the word angry here in this verse means to burn or to kindle. To hold on to that anger and grief only continues to burn you, to hurt you. It's a burden God doesn't, want, doesn't intend for you to bear. You know, in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even though we read that and know it says we are forgiven and cleansed, we don't forget what we've done and what it's caused. And we don't feel forgiven a lot of times. But we're not to focus on that. How your past sin made you feel. Focus on the fact that since you are repentant and confessed, you are forgiven. Right? And be thankful for that forgiveness. Be thankful for the forgiveness that you will receive and let it change your focus and your feelings. If you confessed, don't be burned. Don't continue to be angry with yourselves. Don't create a burden God doesn't intend you to bear. Jesus there on the cross said it is finished. Nothing more needs to happen. It's done. You're forgiven. We have to remember that. We see this in John chapter 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It's finished. You receive forgiveness and you are forgiven. Amen. We have to know that we've been forgiven and not hold on to those things. Beating yourself up, dwelling on your past sin doesn't add anything to your life. And it takes away from the joy we have at the salvation we've been given. As important as it is to accept and walk in forgiveness of our sins is equally important that we forgive. Not only that we receive forgiveness, but that we give forgiveness. And forgiving people seems impossible. Doesn't it sometimes? 
seem really impossible to forgive some people. Not everybody, but some people, it seems really impossible. There seems to be three main reasons we won't forgive. At least it really struck me and come to mind and are spoken to me a lot. They don't deserve it, right? They don't deserve to be forgiven. And they should pay. They should pay for what they've done. They haven't paid enough. It hasn't cost them enough. Forgiving them won't change anything. They're going to still be the same person. Nothing will change. But all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. Nobody is good. Nobody deserves to get off the hook. You deserve to be forgiven by God. Sorry, you didn't deserve to be forgiven by God. And neither did I. And neither did they. Their sin, your sin, my sin does deserve something, right? Our sin deserves something. According to God's word, it deserves death. But thank the Lord for his grace. Amen? Nobody deserves forgiveness. But it is offered to all, to everyone. We don't deserve it, but it's offered to all of us. We want people to pay. But Jesus already paid for all of us on the cross. Romans 4.25 says this in the New Living Translation. It puts it this way. He has handed over, he was handed over to die because of our sin. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. The only one who could truly pay for everyone's sin was Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 tells us he did this while we were still sinners. Before we ever acknowledged we needed forgiveness. We think it won't change anything. But if you look at Joseph's life, it changed everything. It changed him. It made him a man of God, a man God used to save his family that was torn apart, that family that went on to become a nation that God used to bring our Messiah, our Savior, to us, was through that, that line of Joseph, through, his, through the line of Jacob. It says in Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. For us to forgive that way isn't humanly possible. We would, we would like to do that, but it's not possible. Jesus gives us his spirit who gives us divine power to forgive. Did did you hear that? Jesus gives us his spirit who gives us divine power to forgive. Forgiveness becomes a joint effort. Jesus enables believers to forgive as they choose to forgive. 
As we choose to forgive, he will empower us to do that, to have the ability to actually follow through with that. God took care of all our reasons not to forgive at the cross. All of our reasons. Any reason you can come up with to not forgive was taken care of at the cross. Don't let a wrong view of forgiveness hinder your growth in your relationship with God and others. If you repent, if you have confessed and turned away from your sin, God would have you receive his forgiveness. Just stop punishing yourself for something he isn't punishing you for. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he wants you to walk in freedom. What he's done for you with thanksgiving and stop dwelling on what is past. We can't change that. We just need to forgive it and move on. And have you forgiven as you have been forgiven? Is unforgiveness keeping you from walking in freedom? Are you hindered by bitterness? Take it to the cross where God forgave you while you were still a sinner and ask him to help you let their sin go. Repent of your unforgiveness. Trust him to deal with them in the ways you could never accomplish. So if you have not received forgiveness from God through his son Jesus, I would like to encourage you to do that tonight and have all the weight and burden of your sins removed and walk out of here tonight forgiven. I would like to encourage you to be free and walk in the forgiveness that you have been given and then give God's forgiveness away. God, that's what God wants you to do. He wants to take the blessing of his forgiveness and give it away. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, please help us to walk in the forgiveness that you have so freely given and then be willing to give that same forgiveness to others. I pray for those struggling to receive your forgiveness and those struggling to forgive that by the power of your Holy Spirit you would free them tonight. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tony. Thank you. You know, the story of uh, Joseph just always floors me. And, um, you know, what Dave, when he hit on this verse tonight, it just, it just, grabbed my heart and I'm sure some of you here as well tonight where David's I mean where where Joseph says to his brothers don't be grieved or angry with yourselves now I gotta be honest I mean I've had people who have hurt me and hurt me deeply and I wanted them to be grieved with themselves you know (laughs) 
I wanted them to feel a lot of pain. And, uh, and to, to, to see Joseph's heart and recognizing the, the bigger picture. And this is what, what hit me. And I just want to kind of have you think about this as we head into worship and, and uh, our time awaiting on the Lord. Is in those times, and I, I haven't gone through anything like what Joseph did. I mean, his, his abuse, suffering... It's way beyond any of us. Fifteen years of in and out of jail and slavery. I mean, just crazy from his brothers selling him into slavery. I mean, just just brutal, brutal. And for him to have this perspective and and recognizing though, this is this is really what it boils down to is he he recognized, you know, that God allowed this to preserve life. He saw the bigger picture. And I know in my life that there's, there's been sort of a fork in the road, if you would, in situations like this. And the fork in the road would be, am I going to go down this road of bitterness? Am I going to go down this road of just, just I'm going to dwell on this and I'm going to just let myself, you know, wallow in my pity and hurt and, you know, sense of like, I deserve to feel this way. And I've done that. Or am I going to go down that road of recognizing that, like Jesus said from the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's part of sin. It's just, you know. And it's interesting when we go down that road and we allow the Lord to to have our hearts of how he just brings that healing. And he brings us to that place of, of being able to have that perspective that Joseph has. But it's really our choice. It's really us coming to that place with, as Dave said, the help of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, as we begin to just enter into a time of worship and waiting on the Lord right now, I'm going to have our pastors and elders that are here tonight go back for the first part of this by the communion table. And uh, I think the first thing we need to do is just we, we come to the cross and recognizing that Jesus had has paid the price for every sin, for ours and for those who have sinned against us. He's paid the price. And we throw in the cross tonight in, in recognition of that, that justice was served on Calvary. But as you go back to the communion tables, you know, the guys that will be standing back there by the tables, those, those will be our pastors, our elders that are here this evening, and they, they're available to pray with you if you need prayer. Maybe you're battling, wrestling with something tonight. I want to encourage you to don't wrestle any longer. Give that to the Lord. I think one of the things that I know Dave would attest to that is uh, really important also, I feel like I need to mention this, is that forgiveness is not a one-time thing. And it's not an emotion, it's an action. So tonight you might be like, okay, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to give this to the Lord. And you might just feel this burden lifted tonight. And you, you might just feel like, man, I tasted heaven tonight. And tomorrow morning you're going to wake up mad again. And you've got to give it to Jesus again. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's the way it works. It's how it works. So you bring that to the Lord tonight.